You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Okay, <laughs> I am, I am like shaking. I'm shaking. Uh, I'm sitting in my cubicle. I'm trying to focus on work. I can't because I got deer running through my brain. I come home. You know, I try to do things like empty the dishwasher and vacuum to take my mind off of um, deer hunting. I find myself pacing back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because deer season for me starts on Saturday. I'm not going to be able to hunt Saturday, but I am going to be able to hunt on Sunday. So the 2nd of October is my official opener. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just excited to go out, sit in a stand and, uh, start the chess match, you know, see where deer are coming in, where they're coming out, look for sign, run my trail cameras, use that trail camera information to, you know, you know, potentially pattern where these deer are living and uh so i am i am pumped up i don't know if you guys ever watched the wwf wrestling um when you were younger but you know how sting would or not sting but the ultimate warrior the ultimate warrior he would that metal would start playing and he would just haul ass out of the back he'd run around the ring a couple times he'd jump in and then he'd headbang while he shakes the ropes that is what I feel like doing right now. Uh, that's at my excitement level. So I'm, you know, I am ultimate warrior level. That's that's a good that's a good name for a deer, the ultimate warrior. So don't steal that. Don't steal that from me. Now, like I mentioned about uh, earlier, like a couple seconds ago, about patterning my deer with trail cameras. Uh, I recently joined forces with Deer Lab, and Deer Lab is a software that allows you to enter your trail camera pictures, and it does some calculating for you, and it helps you find patterns and trends of deer movement on your property, and uh, 
So there's a whole bunch of really cool functions that uh, you can do, like a heat map, or you can you can find what wind is the most popular wind for deer movement on your property based off trail camera information. So for me, I run a lot of trail cameras throughout the year, and I use that information to help determine where I should be for certain conditions um, and certain times a year. You know, so. My very first uh, hunt on my main property, I'm going to be hunting uh, a corner of two ag fields and a marsh because that is where I've had the majority of shooters come through uh, throughout the year, you know, and that's based off of what my deer lab data tells me. Um, So deer lab has set up a landing page for me, and that is www.deerlab.com backslash nine fingers. And if you go there and you sign up, you will get, typically I think they only give away like a 10 day trial period. Um, Because you say you're with me, uh, you're going to get a 30 day trial period for free, no charge. And uh, they don't even, they don't take your credit card or anything like that, but you can start entering the data um, and see if it's something that you like. Uh, I, I highly recommend it, especially if you're the kind of guy who's a trail camera freak like myself and likes to run a lot of trail cameras throughout the year. So uh, give that, uh, you know, give that a try and you never know what could happen. So again, that is deerlab.com backslash nine fingers uh, and uh, go check it out. So we got two big things that are happening today. One We are going to be talking with TJ from Redneck Blinds, and he's going to tell us all about the company. He's going to talk about the products um, in detail. I ask a lot of um, probing questions about their products, quality, you know, materials, so forth and so on, Uh, even a little bit about their feeders that they offer. Uh, Now, I talked with TJ after the recording, and he's like, yeah, let's do a giveaway. So they are going to be offering... Uh, basically a retail price of $400 and they're going to give away one blind for free to the winner of this podcast. And uh, it's one of their brand new soft shell blinds, soft side blinds. It's a a camo pattern one. Uh, It looks pretty cool. I don't have too much experience with it, but it's new this year. Uh, And, uh, you know, listen to the podcast, but it's a $400 value. So that's pretty cool. You guys someone is going to win a $400 hunting blind just for following the steps that I will provide you at the end of this podcast. Now, uh, again, thanks for listening, guys, and let's get into today's podcast with TJ Pugh from Redneck Blinds. One. All right. On the phone with me now is TJ from Redneck Blinds. How are you doing today, TJ? I'm good. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. So it is the, it is, if you're not hunting already in certain states, you're going to be hunting pretty soon. So uh, what, where are you guys based out of? Uh, We're in Southwest Missouri, a small town called Lamar, population about four, 4,500. Okay. Um, We're 40 miles north of Joplin. Most people know where Joplin is nowadays. Yep. Um, and we're basically 30 miles straight east of the Kansas state line. So we're just tucked down right in the southwest corner of Missouri. Oh, okay. Great. Now, 
why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and what you do for the company? Um, my name's TJ Pugh. I am the marketing chief marketing officer, I guess is the title, um, with Redneck Blinds. Um, I'm kind of in charge of the marketing aspect type of things. Um, I do magazine ads, uh, brochures, um, you know, any sort of sales collateral you see, apparel design. Um, I'm the liaison between uh, our TV shows, any partners, organizations we have, people we work with, um, you know, that sort of thing. Any sort of the marketing side that comes with the hunting industry, that's my main job, I guess you could say. Gotcha. It sounds to me like you guys are uh, pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely our busy time. Um, you'd be surprised the guys that call a day or two before their gun season opens and uh, want a blind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we do have dealers pretty much nationwide, basically wherever the whitetail has habitat, you know, pretty much eastern Colorado through the Midwest on up down southeast and northeast. We do have dealers, but we do sell direct. But we try to refer customers to dealers whenever possible. But yeah, this is Today's September 28th. Um, Missouri's bow season started the 15th. Um, let's see, Nebraska and I think Kentucky, they started the 1st. I mean, there's there's a handful of seasons that are in right now, but most of them will, will start up here in the next week or so. And Yeah, we're kind of in the heat of things right now. We got uh, trucks going delivering blinds almost nonstop right now. So Awesome. Well, that tells you business is decent, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good problem to have. We we're extremely busy and we're thankful to be busy. Um, everybody likes our blinds. We make a good product and people know it and they just, uh, keep on going and we're going to keep making them. Perfect. Now, before we get into redneck blinds and your guys' products, Mm -hmm. are you looking forward to any particular hunt this year? I mean, have you already been hunting this year? What, uh, what do you got in the bags? Yeah, I have, uh, I've been out a handful of times. This job keeps me pretty busy. Um, I hunted a lot more before I started working here. <laughs> I've worked here for about four years now. But, uh, no, I've been out a handful of times. Uh, I went out once by myself. But my daughter's five now, and uh, I've she's gotten to where she's shown quite a bit of interest in it. She likes to, when Daddy goes hunting, she wants to go hunting. So, um, And the blinds play a perfect part in that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the bale blind, uh, she loves being in the bale blind. It's fun for her. She thinks she's in a big ground bale. Uh, the redneck blind's almost like a clubhouse type thing for her. And, yep. and with the crossover models, with that vertical, uh, and I mainly do bow hunt. I don't yep. really gun hunt much anymore. But with the vertical windows and the 5x6 Predator and the 6x6 Buck Palace, they go all the way from the floor to the ceiling. And to uh, introduce kids to the outdoors, that's a, there's really no better way. Right. I mean, you, they can stay in there. You can bring... Uh, coloring book and stuff for them to color they have a full view with that window they can see everything um which isn't something i really would have considered if i didn't have kids you know typically that horizontal window that's going to be three foot up there and right. most younger kids it's kind of hard for them to see out that window but with that vertical window they just get the full field of view and get to experience everything but yeah i'm just enjoying uh the time i get to go out i don't have any hunts planned um there are some guys here that actually just left to go out to Wyoming uh, to do some antelope hunting. Um, we're wishing them good luck. Uh, they'll be putting the bell blind to good use out there. But no, I'll, I'm just sticking to Missouri this year. I've ha have hunted Kansas since we're so close to the Kansas border, um, but I haven't done that in 
three or four years now. But no, I'll just be sticking around here hunting southwest Missouri and trying to get an arrow and a good one. So perfect, perfect. You got any good ones on camera? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, good deal. We're fortunate here in the Midwest that we get to chase deer in our area that uh, most people would give their right arm to chase. Right. Um, I was fortunate enough uh, six years ago to shoot one that went two thirteen. Um, I got a good one on camera now, double drop time. Uh, I got a nice big 10 point that might push 170. I mean, he's a, a definite solid 160 type deer. There's, there's two nice. or three good ones that I'm chasing right now. It's just a matter of being there when they walk through and trying to get in their way. That's right. Well, I heard, uh, I heard some guys, uh, from Missouri, but I think they were uh, in Northern Missouri a little bit more who suffered real bad from EHD outbreaks. Uh, did, you know, in Southwest Missouri where you're at any, any outbreaks of disease or anything that have, we, has kind of hindered the population there? Yeah, not in the past couple of years. Um, when Northern Missouri and Southern Iowa had that outbreak uh, about four years ago, um, I did see a few down here. Um, I driving to work one day, there was a doe in the ditch alongside the highway, just laying there and her head was like on a swivel. Uh, her tongue was hanging out, but, uh, in the past two or three years, I haven't really found any. Um, but yeah, about four years ago, we didn't get hit near as hard as what they did up in Northern Missouri and Southern Iowa. Right. But, uh, we did have a few outbreaks here and there. We found, gosh, I don't know. I'm six or 700 acres, different farms that we hunt. We probably found 10, maybe 12 bucks. Uh, one really good one. And I don't know how many does, but yeah, I mean, it did affect us, but nowhere near the scale that it did up in Northern Missouri or Southern Iowa or Illinois and the other spots that you heard about. So yeah, it's, and, and it's, it's, I haven't heard of anything in the past couple of years and nothing right now. I have heard this year, a few guys have found some up in Northern Missouri, but I think it's probably, since we got that big outbreak three or four years ago, I think it's going to be on everyone's mind now. And it's probably like it is this year. There's always going to be some, to some extent, some outbreak each year, I would imagine. But right. I'm not a scientist, a biologist by any means. I don't know. But, but no, we haven't really been that affected by it like they have in other parts of the country. So Right. Well, let's start talking about products here. Um, sure. I can honestly say that for me, um, I don't do a lot of of blind hunting. I've been mm-hmm. uh, other than turkey hunting. Um, I do a majority of my whitetail uh, hunting out of tree stands. Tree stands, um, yep. That's what most people do. Yep. And a, a big factor in that is because number one, I don't own my own property, and number two, um, a, a majority of the places that I want to be during my vacation time, like the rut, are not near, you know, your your field edge type of scenarios. You know what I mean? Right. That, uh, mm-hmm. When I think of blind hunting, I think of hunting over top of a food plot or a cornfield or, you know, some right kind on the of, edge of the somewhere in a CRP. Yep. Right. Now, is that, is that from, for a company that makes blind, am I right in saying that? Or are there other uses no. for, for maybe deer hunting uh, using a blind, maybe in, in the timber somewhere? Yeah, I, I mean, for the most part, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, most people use um, a hunting blind in that situation where you're going to be on the edge of a timber, edge of a field, um, or overlooking a big CRP field out in the middle of a field, something like that. Most people don't have a blind up in the timber somewhere. Um, now, I, personally, I do. I have one. I mean, it's not way back in the woods where we're at. You can think of it as 
you know, eastern Kansas-type terrain, you know, we don't have big blocks of timber. Um, right. It's mainly big ag fields with fence rows. And, I mean, the biggest block of timber you're going to get is, you know, 60 acres maybe. Um, so, I mean, you can't get way back in the timber here like you would up in Minnesota or, you know, Michigan or someplace like that. But um, we do have some sets where we're back in the timber, probably 80 to 100 yards. Um, when it comes to the redneck blinds, our blinds do come completely assembled. So that's one thing to consider. Um, if you wanted it back in the timber, you would have to have a way to get it back there. Um, so you need some sort of, you know, a little road, whether you get back there with the ATV or something like that. You do have to have to have the means to get it back there. But, yeah, you are correct. Most people use a blind on the edge of a field. Um, but, I mean, you can, for the most part, put up a blind, especially now, which we'll touch on this later. I know you mentioned um, we have a new blind out this year, the soft side blinds. Basically, it's a powder-coated steel frame that you bolt together and then the cover goes over the top of it. It's it's almost like a pop-up blind on steroids. Um, right. It's not mobile like a pop-up blind, but you can basically assemble it wherever you need to and put it wherever you need to, and then you can put that up on a six-foot stand or higher if you wanted to build your own. But um, No, I mean, the blinds you can use in almost any situation like you would a tree stand. Um, you know, inside corners, um, funnels, um, you know, anything like that. Where our blinds really shine is late season. Um, you know, when it's five degrees outside, um, you know, would you rather be setting in that tree stand 20 feet up or would you rather be in the redneck blind? Amen. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> that's, that's which, you know, if you watch any TV of the hunting shows or, you know, talk to anybody that hunts out of blinds like that, that's, that's really where they shine is late season. If you can have some sort of late season food source, uh, with the blind up on it, which again is what you're touching on, it's typically on the edge of a field. Um, that's where the blinds are really gonna gonna prove their worth. So right, right. Now you mentioned that you that the blinds come assembled, right? Yes, sir. And yep. So does that include the stand? If someone decides they want to order a stand with it, are you assembling the stand and the blind together, then shipping it, or shipping them separate? With our fiberglass blinds, they do come completely assembled. The stand, you will have to assemble. Our fiberglass blinds come in five different models, and they're all available on five, 10, or 15-foot stands. Okay. So when they arrive, the blind will be completely assembled. It's an all-seamless design. That's kind of one of the selling points. With the, the windows and the doors closed with the gasket around the windows and doors, it's almost airtight. Okay. So that blind's going to arrive assembled, and then whether you get a 5, 10, or 15-foot stand, you will attach the blind. Uh, basically, picture a whole blind assembled laying on the ground on its side, and then you just pull it up. So okay. you have to assemble all that on the ground, then erect it, and uh, that's that's how the fiberglass blinds uh, will are delivered. Okay. What about the, uh, the hay bale and the soft side? The bale blinds and the new soft side blinds, they come in boxes. Um, You will need to assemble them. They both have a powder-coated steel frame that bolts together, and then the covers just attach over the top of that. So they just come by UPS. um, You know, it's delivered straight to your house, which the 
the fiberglass blinds we deliver anywhere to the lower 48 they're delivered straight to your house too or wherever you want them delivered it's just they come on a truck you know like a gooseneck trailer or a semi whereas the bell blinds or the soft side blinds they'll come in a big box through ups um open up the box assemble the frame put the cover on and uh, you're good to go okay so i'll I know each one of these probably has a different time roughly, but let's say I get the box in the mail and I want to assemble uh, either the soft side blind or the hay bale or whatever one I purchased. Sure. What, uh, what, what are we talking about for an assembly time and what kind of, I guess, experience does a guy need in order to assemble or tools does he need to assemble one of these? Yeah, if they're real simple, whether it's the soft side or the bale blind that use 7 size nut and bolt. Um, you'll just need one wrench and a wrench and a socket. That'll make it faster. Um, and then you can expect, whether it's a soft side or the bell blind, to spend about an hour, hour and a half to put the thing together. Um, with the soft side, you can put the cover on and then take it to where you want to go. With the bell blind, if you're going to be taking it very far, we recommend not to put the cover on until you actually get to your hunting location. Um, with our bell blind, the outer layer of that cover is made of real organic material. That is real straw on the outside of that cover. So if you put that cover on, and it's going to be just like a a bale of straw. If you're driving 60 miles an hour down the road, that straw is going to blow off your cover. So with the bell blind, we recommend not putting the cover on until you get to your hunting location. But with the soft side, you can just put it on and go where you need to go. So. Okay. And I see that, you know, you mentioned organic. It's an organic material. And I take it that over... If you leave your blind out all year round on a food plot, let's say, um, the the direct sunlight all the time, the raining, the freezing, the thawing, you know, all that stuff. What is what's the what's the life life like expectancy? On, yep. Yeah, life expectancy of some of that. Yep, that cover for the bell blind, uh, like you mentioned, and I stated earlier, it is organic material, so it's going to weather. And it will degrade to some degree. But we actually improved the covers this year along with the frame. The covers now have a three-layered cover. You have your back layer waterproof backing, basically heavy-duty construction-grade tarp. Then a middle layer of burlap. And then the outer layer of straw and natural fibers. Um, If you leave that cover on all year long, you can expect it to last about three years. Um, But we do recommend taking that cover off in the off-season. just attaches real simply with bungee cords. It'll take 10 minutes to take those covers off. Right. If you can store those covers in the off-season, um, that'll double the life of that cover. Um, the frame, since it's a powder-coated steel frame, um, if you choose to, you can just leave the frame there. Um, you know, if it Technically, yes, it might start to rust a little bit, and if it does, you can just touch it up with some spray paint. But, I mean, that the frame should, you know really last you the rest of your life and as long as a tree or something doesn't fall on it but um that powder coated steel frame whether the bell blind or the soft side um should last you uh, quite a while um the cover for the soft sides your typical pop-up blind has a 600 or excuse me a 300 denier cover our soft side blind covers are 600 denier basically what that means is they're basically just twice as durable Okay. Um, not necessarily thick, but the the strength of the material and the you know the the needle so great or whatever you want to call it, the 600 denier cover should hold up twice as well as that pop up blind cover. 
Now, if mice or something chew on it, you know, there's not much we can do about that. So if you can take that cover off in the off-season, too, we recommend it. It just attaches with bungee cords just like the uh, the bell blind cover, and then the frame you can just leave there. But um, with either one, you know, uh, with that steel frame, um, much more durable than your pop-up blind. You don't have to worry about snow loads. Um, there's not any hub-style design that's going to collapse under a snow load. Um you know, they'll, they'll just withstand the elements quite a bit better. So now does that soft, does that soft side, uh, fade in the sun or is it pretty resistant? Um, we do have with, there's two different cover versions. Um, it's the same frame for both. And then you can either get the camo cover or you can get it in a ghillie cover. Right. Uh, the ghillie, if you're familiar with like ghillie style military sniper suits, that mm-hmm. ghillie material, the strings, um, that's what the ghillie cover is. Um, very good to brush in if you're using it as a ground blind. Um, they both have the highest UV protectant available. Okay. Um, we've, we just came out with these blinds less than a year ago, so we're still testing the UV protectant that we got. Um, right now, it's holding up as good as any of the competitors out there, but we are still looking for ways to improve the UV protectant on those covers. Um, but right now, you can expect the fading to be just as comparable to, you know, any of the competitors out there, like say a double bowl or, or anything right. else that's out there. So mare step, whatever other pop-up blind you could think of. So, um, but yeah, the UV protectant is the highest grade we have out there. And with the ghillie suit, the ghillie version, um, it's really not an issue at all because of that cloth type material. And, um, they haven't faded almost at all. So, okay. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I remember the very first uh, bl- like pop-up blind I ever bought. Mm-hmm. I set it out maybe a week and a half uh, before our turkey season opened. And when I got there, it was in the dark. But then when I got out, it looked like a, almost like a light bulb. Not that it affected the turkey movement at all, but it was yep. just so sun faded that yep. it, it. I was I was a little upset, to be honest with you. Yep. Yeah, it, it can be a concern, um, but it's. I'm sure other manufacturers just like us are looking for different ways to solve right. that issue. It's right. kind of tough um, when you have something out there in the elements for that long. Um, you know, you can try to get the best protectant that's available on the market, but it's still going to fade to some degree. But, yeah, we are taking steps to do the, the utmost we can. So, I mean, at Redneck, we're known as top of the line and when it comes to the hunting products and the stuff we offer. So uh, we want to keep that reputation. So, um, yeah, I mean, when you buy our blinds, you're getting a quality product. So Right. Now, let's talk about the fiberglass. Obviously, you know, fiberglass hunting blinds are made out of fiberglass. But how are they mm-hmm. actually constructed? Is it kind of a, a molding process or how does that work? Yep. Yeah, we're here in Lamar. We have everything. All the fiberglass blinds are made right here in Lamar, Missouri. We have... Oh, gosh, I don't know, four or five different buildings here. Two of the buildings are manufacturing buildings where they make, if you look at the design of those fiberglass blinds, you can see each one is a panel. Mm-hmm. Each wall is a panel. The roof is a panel. The floor is a panel. Um, all those panels are made in manufacturing buildings. And then we ship them over two or three blocks to another building, which is like a finishing building. All the panels are put together, fiberglass together, then the window gaskets and the door gaskets are put on, uh, the windows installed, the shelves are installed. It's kind of the finishing building. 
Right. Um, and then we ship those over to another building where we store them, and then another building they're shipped out from from there. So, yeah, it's a, it's a mold process. Um, the fiberglass is molded. Each panel is molded. Uh, and then each panel is placed together and then fiberglass together. Uh, and then they're finished off with the paint on the inside in the paint room, gel coat finish on the outside, and then the finishing touches are, are, are added later. So, um, But, yeah, it's a, it's a molding process that each panel is molded. Okay. Now, I've only had one experience inside of a, a plastic or a fiberglass hunting blind. And when I was in there, I felt it was really loud. Do you guys okay. have a process or something in place or maybe some advice to deaden down noise from the inside? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it can seem loud in there. Um, people that have hunted out of a blind will realize, but for those that haven't, it's always going to seem louder inside the blind than what it actually is outside. Right. But, I mean, if you drop your binoculars on the floor, yeah, that's going to be loud outside as well. Yeah. Um, but what we've done this year, we used to always offer carpet on the walls as well as the floor. Um, for two of our models, the Buck Palace and the Predator, we actually switched over to acoustic foam on the walls. Oh, wow. So they now have acoustic foam above and below the windows on all the walls. And... We now offer, um, as an accessory, um, it may be standard, you know, in, in the coming year, but on the floor, we offer a rubber mat now for the 6x6 Buck Palace and the 5x6 Predator. Basically, the two models that have the vertical windows for bow hunting, mm -hmm. um, those are our two most popular fiberglass blind models. And uh, so we have the acoustic foam on the walls for that and the rubber mat on the floor underneath the carpet. Um, and I've been testing out that rubber mat, uh, you know, stomping on it, have my five-year-old little girl drop stuff on it. and um, It makes a huge difference. Um, with that fiberglass floor, um, like I said, it, it might sound pretty loud dropping something on there. And outside, it, it probably would be fairly loud. But with that rubber mat, it basically deadens any sound inside that inside that blind. So, yeah, it's a pretty good improvement that, that, that we've made in that, that area. So. Okay. And to uh, my knowledge... I don't know if any other manufacturers out there offer any sort of rubber. There probably is, but most of them just offer some sort of carpet on a, on a wood floor. So. Right. Right. Now we talked a little bit about the soft sides and the hay bale blinds, but as far as maintenance that is necessary for some of these, I mean, even if you, you know, like the soft side and the hay bale, you can, you could probably take those down fairly easy and transport them to a barn or, uh, you know, a Morton building or something to keep them throughout the year. But now we're talking mm -hmm. about something that's twice as big to deal with. Um, is there any maintenance that you would recommend or that you guys feel is necessary throughout the year on these fiberglass blinds or the hunting towers? Um, the fiberglass blinds we designed to, for the most part to be maintenance free. Um, I mean, that's kind of one of our selling points, too. But in the off-season, there are a few things you just might want to take a look at. Um, with the fiberglass, um, you know, rodents and squirrels and stuff, they don't chew on fiberglass. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, about the only thing you'd need to check are the weather gasket strippings around the windows and the door. Um, it's possible that a squirrel or something might chew on that. 
and eventually after a few years that might start to dry rot okay um if you can armor all that or something in the off season that will help prevent that but um you know if if it gets to the point a few years down the road and you need to replace those uh customers know they can just contact us directly and we can get them those replacement parts but um check the weather gaskets um the silent window hinges that we have in our blinds uh just make sure those are gunk free you know you know make sure there's no dust and stuff in them make keep those clean um you might possibly want to clean the windows in the off season you know just it's it's up to the person uh, who owns the blind but for the most part our fiberglass blinds are maintenance free um, when it comes to the stands, it might be the same thing I mentioned with the powder-coated steel frames with the soft side and the bell blind. If you see any signs of rusting to start, just maybe touch those up with a little bit of flat black spray paint um, or some sort of – the stands are powder-coated. So, I mean, they're, they're made to last your lifetime too, but you will eventually start to have some signs of rust. So if you want to touch those up with spray paint, but um, – on the anchoring system with the stand, uh, we do recommend in the off-season to check the middle ground auger and steel cable. You want to make sure there's always tension on that, that it's good and anchored. But uh, for the most part, there's not a whole lot you have to do. I mean, you don't have to go in and, you know, apply something on the walls every year um, or anything like that. Right. Um, you don't have to worry. With some plastic blinds, um, if they're in direct sunlight for most of the year, they're going to start to warp and stuff like that. I mean, with our fiberglass blinds, again, for their, we marketed it, you know, for the most part is maintenance-free. So there's not a whole lot that needs to be done. So. Right. Now, you mentioned something about silent windows, right? So, again, yep. experience with uh, the blind, the, the fiberglass blind that I was with had these hinged windows. And when you would go to drop them, it would squeak. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was only turkey hunting out of it, so it wasn't necessarily a huge deal, but I can see how that pro that could be a problem for yep. whitetails. Now explain to us a little bit about your windows and how they are silent. Um, some of the other blinds that are out there, um, their hinges, their plastic hinges, they might start to squeak or some of them even don't even use a hinge. They just slide up and down in a slot. Mm-hmm. Um, either one of those, with the plastic hinge or that sliding window, um, it's going to collect dust quite a bit, and it will start to squeak or crack like what, like what you mentioned. With ours, we have all metal hinges uh, riveted to the fiberglass wall. Um, you still want to make sure to try to keep those clean, but uh, even blinds. We've, Redneck has been around for about 10 years now, and uh, we have blinds out there that are 10 years old that, uh, uh, you know, the might need to replace the weather stripping or something like we mentioned earlier, but those window hinges are still working as quietly and silently as the day that the, the individual bought them. Um, I mean, it's, it's just the design of the hinge. And if you make, you know, you don't want to pour a, a can of pop over the hinge and get it all sticky and then, you know, gunky like that. But um, if you can keep those clean for the most part, those should stay, stay silent and you shouldn't have any issues with them. Right. And that would be, um, no, not really any necessary oiling of that metal as just kind no, of, I mean, as long you as can, it's clean, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, we don't recommend oiling, you know, spraying it with WD-40 or taking some sort of oil and squirting it in it. We don't recommend that just because that's going to attract dust and gunk and stuff like that. Right. Um, 
at the most, if you want to take a, a can of air like you used to come to clean uh, keyboard, yep. computer keyboards, uh, if you want to do something like that and spray those in the off season, uh, that's probably the best thing to do. But I mean, for the most part, if if you do start to have issues where they're not working or maybe one starts to get noisy or something, that's the most you want to do. You don't really want to grease it. So. Okay. Now, for now, we're going to talk a little bit about maybe who your customers are, um, and you know, not only from a price point, but maybe talk a little bit about where they might be hunting, whether it's, you know, public ground versus private ground or, sure. or property that you can control. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, when Redneck started, we started out with the fiberglass blinds. Um, it is still a bulk of the business that we do. Um, it's our flagship blind is the six by six Buck Palace fiberglass blind. But since Redneck started, 10 years ago, we have expanded into other lines. You know, we have the soft sides, which are new for this year, the bail blinds. Um, But our customer base, for the most part, is the individual that owns their own land, um, that gun hunts, and as well as bow hunts. Um, They're passionate about hunting. Um, But since we've introduced uh, newer lines, you know, the bail blinds and the soft sides, our customer base has also expanded. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you mentioned most people aren't going to get a fiberglass blind and put it on property that they don't own. Or uh, in most states, I know in Missouri, it would be illegal to put on conservation land. Right. Um, you know, you just wouldn't be able to do that. Whereas with the soft side blinds or the bell blinds, you could. Um, you can't put up anything permanent on public land. So um, typically with the fiberglass blinds, it is an individual that owns their own land. But um in my situation, for an example, um, I don't own any land. All the farms that I hunt, the five or 600 acres that I have permission to hunt and two or three different farms, I don't own those. Um, you know, I just have permission to, and I don't lease them even. Right. I just have permission from the landowner to hunt there free of charge. Now, I might do some chores for, in exchange for hunting, but, um, and I have redneck blinds on those properties. Um, there are people that don't own the land that still have redneck blinds up on them. Um, but if it ever comes to the point, which it will, if you don't own the land, eventually you're going to lose the right to hunt there. That's just a inevitable fact. Unfortunately, yep. um, I've lost farms before, unless you own the land, you're eventually not going to be able to hunt there. So it may be 20 years, but, uh, when the time comes and I can't hunt there anymore, I'll just have to take the blind down and, you know, store it at my house or put it up on one of the other farms. But, most of the people do own the land uh, that have the fiberglass blinds. Um, we we sell more of the price point with the soft side blinds to the individual that hunts public land or or might be hunting the buddies at one one weekend something like that. So, but I mean that's why we expanded our lines because we want Redneck is known as making top of the line hunting products. Right. And whatever price point we're at, we want to offer that consumer individual looking at that product at that price point, the best product at that price point. Um, That was a big thing with our soft side blinds that we just came out with this year. Um, Wildly popular, hugely successful. When you compare a $400 soft side blind to a three or $400 top of the line pop-up blind, there's no comparison with the quality. Um, Our covers are twice as thick. Our frame is twice as sturdy. Now it may not be as mobile, um, 
but I mean the quality of the product is it's it's just there. I mean the product speaks for itself. That's why we're so successful. So right. um, I mean when when it comes to the uh, with the soft side blinds, pop up blinds, yes they are more mobile. But most people in deer hunting situations, when they put the pop up blind up, it's there for the season. Right. They don't put it up and then plan on taking it down unless they're on a guided hunt or something like that. But most people put up a pop-up blind during deer season and leave it there all season. Um, and then it's pretty much trashed. Yeah. Um, whereas that same con- customer, when they get our soft side blind, they put it up, it's up all season. It's for the most part in the same shape it was when they put it up. I mean, you don't have to worry about snow loads or anything like that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that that's why we expand our line, just trying to reach every price point consumer that's out there and, and whatever needs they may need. And, we want to offer them the best product at the price that that that's there that they're shopping for. So right. So, you know, you brought up kind of a, a good point at, from from a mobile standpoint. Um, what 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 is the? And I'm not talking about the fiberglass blinds. I'm talking about the soft shells and the bail okay. blinds. But what? Uh, how much do they weigh? And if you do decide, because you know, maybe uh, maybe your bow hunting spot is going to be different than your gun hunting spot, but you can only afford one, one blind and you're going to move it. Mm-hmm. How, how easy is it to move? Not hard. Um, one person can do it depending on your physical prowess, I guess you could say. Um, but if you're an older gentleman that might be retired, you might need someone to help you. But, um, for an example, the camel soft side weighs 99 pounds. Um, the ghillie soft side weighs 120. Uh, the bail blind, the sportsman's 120, and the outfitter's 150. So basically you have anywhere from 150 pounds down to 99 pounds. For the most part, one individual can handle that. Um, when it comes to the bail blinds, um, I can lift the bail blind up myself, and it'll fit in the back of a full-size pickup pickup bed. Okay. Um, I lift it up by myself, put it back there, and most of my farms are within two miles of my house, so I don't take the covers off. I just drive real slow, and it's mm-hmm. all dirt roads. Um so I can lift the blind up by myself, throw it in the back of the truck, take it to where I need, unload it, then anchor it down with the rebar stakes, and I'm good. So they're what we refer to as a semi-permanent blind, gotcha. whereas our fiberglass blinds are permanent blinds. Um, it's not as mobile convenience as a pop-up blind, but again, to not to beat a dead horse, they're just way more durable with the right. powder-coated steel frame. Um, not as easy to move, but they are fairly easy to move if, if you need to you know if you're just needing to move it 50 or 100 yards which happens quite often in bow hunting situations uh i mean you're a bow hunter you know what i'm talking about you'll yep. be in your tree stand and you'll be like all right tomorrow i gotta move 50 yards over there to the east right. um with the bell blind um you can basically be inside of it lift up on the if you're tall enough i'm six one and i can do it i'd say probably Anybody that's 5'8 or taller can do this. You're inside the blind. You just lift up on the roof and what I call Flintstone it. Just yep. walk it over to where you need it and then <laughs> anchor it back down. Um, so, I mean, and actually, you can move that faster than you could a tree stand. Um, it's, you know, I can move a bell blind 50 yards faster than you can remove a tree stand 50 yards. Right. Um, so, I mean, in that aspect, they are mobile, but it's not something that you can fold down and put in the size of a you know, a big backpack like you could a pop-up blind. But right. uh, for the most part, yeah, they are 
again, what we refer to as a semi-permanent blind. So, Okay. Now, you mentioned a couple, you know, and, and going back to the, the soft side in the hay bale, but you mentioned a couple uh, benefits of those two from a, from a durability and maybe a quality standpoint, how they're going to probably be a little bit better than a pop-up blind. But are there any other, um, any other reasons why, you know, one of the, your soft sides or hay bale blinds would be better than, uh, maybe a comparable pop-up blind? Yeah, again, it's just, uh, you know, and I don't mean to keep comparing them to the, you know, the pop-up blinds or the double bull or whatever's out there. The reason we compare it to the double bull is because it's such a great blind. Um, I mean, the double bull makes a good pop-up blind and all the other pop-up blinds. It's just when you, what you're getting, the life expectancy, the way most individuals use the product, again, if you leave that out there after one year, it's going to be trashed. Whereas the soft side blind with that powder coated steel frame, it's going to withstand minus a tree falling on it, you know, a snow load, wind storms, anything like that. It's going to be in one piece. It's not going to be tattered up and collapsed and broke down. Um, I mean, the anchoring system with our blinds, the rebar stakes, uh, it's more sufficient than any tent stake you might get with any sort of pop-up blind. You know, the cover again, the 600 denier compared to the 300 denier. Um, with our soft side blinds, the window and doors operate on a double zipper design. So basically you have everything closed, zipper shut, and then you can just open it up with a zipper. And where your windows are, um, you get a see-through camo mesh curtain that will slide up and down on bungee cords. Okay. Um, it, it technically is a shoot-through mesh, but the way we designed it, we designed it so you can slide it down, and it's quiet you can slide it down and then take your shot. So you don't have to shoot through it, but, um, you know, that's all included. That's included with, with your purchase of the blind and the window system in the soft side, or excuse me, in the bell blind works very similar. Uh, it's that same material as the rest of the cover. Um, and it just slides up and down. Um, it's just, it's just a good, again, we redneck top of the line, you know, we want to offer the customer at whatever price point they're looking at, the most bang for their buck. And that's what we just always try to do. So, Gotcha. All right. So the last question I, uh, I have here is, you know, there's guys out there, everybody in a way is kind of on a budget, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and there are several other brands out there that, um, you know, that, are, you know, in a way similar to the products that you offer, but why should a hunter, if they're looking for a hunting blind, consider redneck? Um, when you go with redneck, not only do you get the high quality top of the line hunting blind, you get our customer service as well. Um, I know for a fact, some of our competitors, their customer service is almost non-existent. Um, if you have any issues with any product you buy, you just call us directly. You speak to a person here in Lamar, Missouri, and we'll get you taken care of. Whether you need a new glass for your blind or part of your frame got bent for your saw side, you need a new part of your frame. I mean, our customer service, um, we take great pride in. Um, when you purchase a Redneck product, you also get our customer service with you, with it, and uh, we'll do our best to take care of you and, and get whatever it is you need. Um, and when it comes to the product, I mean, there's 
again, as we're known and most people who know us, um, most everything, you know, all the products we offer are high quality, top of the line, best of what's going to be available out there. So um, it's just, you know, anything we can do to help our customer um, is what we're all about. And our customer service is top notch. So Now, do you guys have any kind of special warranty or what, yeah, what is your warranty like? Mm-hmm. With the fiberglass blinds, uh, it is a limited lifetime warranty up to 25 years from the day you purchase your product, void of manufacturing defects. That's the spiel of what it is. Basically, what that means is if you get your blind and there's something wrong with it in the manufacturing end of it, um, if you get it and somehow one of the panels is warped or something like that, you know, um, we'll... replace if it's a part try to replace the part if not we'll replace the blind altogether um but even beyond that um on down the road with warranty type situations say god forbid one of the customers accidentally shoots a hole through the wall of his blind um you know we offer patch kits um we have you know replacement weather stripping or replacement glass or anything the customer might need on down the road we offer them so i mean it's um Along with our warranty, again, to touch back on what we just talked about, our customer service comes with it. So, Right. All right. So um, you guys not only offer blinds and stands, but you guys do some feeders as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So talk to us a, a little bit about maybe just give us an overview of the different style of feeders you have and maybe what kind of guy is going to buy a feeder. Okay. Yeah, I mean, besides the blinds, we do offer um, a handful of different accessories, um, and some of those are feeders. We have two different feeders that are available. Um, The T-Post feeder, which is extremely popular, and I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with. um, It's an 80-pound capacity feeder that will fit on a T-Post, or you can strap it to a tree. Uh, The T-Post is not included, and the ratchet straps are not included. Um, But if you get a T-Post, you can attach it to the T-Post and put it almost anywhere. Um, those type of person that gets the T-post feeder, uh, again, not necessarily owns their own land, but they have, you know, access to, they're running the trail cameras and they're more of your serious type hunter. Um, but you'd be surprised at the, uh, kind of funny, the phone calls we get of the old women that just want to feed the squirrels in their backyard. <laughs> but, but yeah, we have the T-post feeder with the 80 pound capacity, and then we have our bigger, more. Uh, land manager type feeder, I guess you'd say. It's a 750 feeder with a four-way head. It has a 750-pound capacity. It's more of your larger type feeder. Um, You know, your big hunting ranches down in Texas or, you know, those type situations um, where you have a large herd that you are trying to feed, uh, typically a larger amount of land. Um, That's where that feeder, generally, that's the type of consumer that gets that feeder. But those are the two feeders that we offer. Okay. Now, and they're they're both gravity feeders. We don't offer any sort of mechanical spinning head feeder. Okay. Um, so with that said, do those all come assembled as well, or is there assembly that comes with, with those? Uh, with the T-Post feeder, it's basically assembled. Um, I mean, if, you know, you will have to get a T-Post feeder and attach it to the T-Post, or excuse me, a T-Post and attach it to the T-Post, but... The feeder itself is basically just one piece with a lid, and then you just attach the T-post to the back of it. Um, With the 750 feeder, there is a little bit more assembly required. Um, You have the big 750 hopper 
uh, with the four-way head that you have to attach to the bottom. And then you have the four-legged stand that the hopper goes in, so you need to assemble that stand. But it's all very, very simple. I mean, to assemble the 750 feeder, you're looking at less than an hour. I mean, you basically have a square with four legs that you have to put on it. Right. And that's all, the, for the most part, there is to it. So. so how long typically does that take? About an hour? Yeah, about an hour to assemble that 750 stand. It's not hard. At the most, I would say an hour. I mean, it's very, very simple. I mean, there's... Let's see, uh, 16 bolts in the whole thing. Right. Okay. Something like that. I mean, it's, it's very simple. So are there any states, I know that there are certain states, there are certain states, and I don't know if you can name them all or no, but there are certain states out there, I think that any type of baiting or providing supplemental food sources or mineral stations is illegal. Do you know yep. those off the top of your head, or is that something... Um, yeah, I don't know if I know all of them, but I know it's illegal in Illinois. It's illegal in Wisconsin. Um, there might be uh, two or three others, but I know those two. Um, we generally don't sell feeders in those states. Um, when we go to Deer Classics in those states, you know, when we set up our booth at the conventions, uh, we generally don't bring the feeders just because they are illegal. Um, I mean, we still have the people that buy them. Um, you know, they use them to feed the squirrels. Um, but yeah, it, to my knowledge, uh, and uh, do you know any more? I, I know uh, Illinois I, and Wisconsin. I'm not sure about any others. There might be one or two others out there. Right. Um, I didn't know if Michigan was one or not, but, um, might be, I guess I would just say, go and check out your state's state yeah, regulations. Yeah, local regulations. Yep. Yeah. Now in states like Missouri, there's kind of, uh, plays both sides of it. We can feed here in Missouri. But we have to, you can't feed during hunting season. Right. So, and I believe it's 30 days before season opens, or before you plan to hunt that area. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you have to have all residue of any food that was there gone. Right. So, uh, we can feed here, and I know there are states like that, like we are here in Missouri, where you can feed, but you can only feed up to a certain point before the season opens, or before you plan to hunt that area. So. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I think uh, I got everything from you guys that I wanted. Did you have anything okay. that uh, that you wanted to add? No, I think we're good. I just thanks for having us, Dan. We appreciate it. And um, anytime we get to talk about the product and, and you know relay any information to the fans, we appreciate it. And thanks for having us. And uh, we enjoyed it. If they have any questions, you know they can check us out at redneckblinds.com or. Uh, just give us a call here at 877-523-9986, and we'll be happy to take care of anybody. And we're done. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Um, huge shout-out to TJ for taking time out of his day to come on the podcast and talk about uh, Redneck. Huge shout-out to Exodus Outdoor Gear and DeerLab.com for partnering up with me and uh you know throwing their support my way huge gigantic big explosive i don't know double huge <laughs> uh quadruple elect xr lex okay i can't even talk anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna stop trying to be funny thank you for coming on the podcast i really appreciate you guys uh coming you know downloading this and doing all that and because of that I talked TJ into uh, giving away some product on, on this podcast, and they're going to give away one 
soft side blind, the, the camel one. Um, and it has a, it goes for roughly $400. So that's a pretty big uh, prize giveaway. So here's what you need to do to win first. And as always, whenever we do one of these giveaways, you need to go to the nine finger chronicles, Facebook page and share the Facebook post that mentions this podcast. Then you need to go to the redneck blinds Facebook page. You need to like it and then comment nine fingers sent me. And, uh, that's all you have to do to win. And, uh, next week sometime, uh, after I get out of the timber, I will pick a winner and I'll announce it on, uh, some podcast next week. And, uh, then, uh, they'll ship it right to your door. So, uh, that's pretty simple. Share the Facebook post that mentions this podcast on the Nine Finger Chronicles page. Then go to the Redneck Blinds Facebook page, like the page, and comment Nine Fingers Sent Me, and uh, you will automatically be entered. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, go to iTunes. Leave a review of this podcast if you like it. Um, Go to my Facebook page. Go to my Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter. Blah, 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 blah. And I think that's it. Except for if you're going to hunt from a tree. You don't got to worry about it necessarily with, uh, with a hunting blind. Although there are some clumsy guys I know who I would probably recommend wear a tree harness in a, in a hunting blind. But if you're going to be climbing into a tree, hunting out of a tree stand, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good one.